Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Now, 
for a person that you've only had five dates with, I don't quite know if driving six hours is something that I want to do. Well, they did it, and she said that, you know, when they stopped for coffee on this road trip, about an hour into the drive, she said she noticed that uh, hmm, he was acting a little different. And as the story goes on, she said she kept noticing that he was becoming distant, that he wasn't very talkative, and... uh, you know, she planned this long trip. They did spend the night out, a couple nights actually, from the way the story goes. And I thought it was some type of chance to take, considering that she really didn't know him. And uh, that's not something I would have done. Well, first of all, needless to say, it was dangerous. It was dangerous that you would drive so far with a person that you knew nothing about. It was dangerous that you would spend the night with someone you knew nothing about. And, hmm, you know, Pastor Kale and I got to talking about this situation. And, you know, we were really able to call out some really poignant points about, you know, his state of mind. And and Pastor K.L. said, you know, which is what I thought, yeah, you went along for the trip, meaning him, because he didn't have to pay for anything. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. You know, not from what she said in the story, the way she told it. You know, this was something that it looked like she had completely sponsored. And, you know, he was excited to go. And why wouldn't you be? You getting a full trip on the house. So it wasn't very smart of her, by the way, you know, to even spend that kind of money. But she did. And uh, she ended up, you know, I want to say... Unhappy. Yeah, she said she realized that, you know, he was not into her. And, you know, oh, well. You know, she just kind of slept on the way back so that she wouldn't have to speak to him. And uh, she said she said have a good life. (laughs) And they were off into this separate directions and she ends off by saying I found someone I liked but they were too polite to tell me they didn't want me back and you know let's see what some of the readers of the article has to say Mm -mm -mm. wow I don't think a speech Telling the other person what you're feeling and thinking would make things better. I think it could actually make things worse, more awkward, or even start an argument. 
and that would make the rest of the trip unbearable. He did the right thing by just leave. She did the right thing by just leaving him alone. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Go on about your business. <laughs> wow. Let's see what else they said. Mm-mm-mm. Let's see what else they had to say. Mm-mm-mm. Ah, nothing interesting. Uh, better to have your heart broken sooner than later. My spouse and I didn't move in together for over a year after we met. We wanted... He wanted his own space. I'm also independent and hate clingy people. 32 years later, we're still together, but we take two to three separate vacations every year. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Either somebody wants to be with you or they don't. You can't force it. Mm. Wow. Well, that's interesting. 32 32 years later, we're still together, but we take two to three separate vacations. You know, sometimes that kind of stuff works for people. You know, you kind of share your space. You share, you know, I share my space. And, you know, if that's what works for people, then that's what works for people. I don't necessarily see myself married and taking two to three separate trips a year, maybe one, but not two to three separate trips. But you know what? I don't know. Some things work for some people. Some things don't. All right? Well, ladies, gentlemen, because it's not just for the woman, you know, just take it slow. Take it slow. Be on the lookout for things before you even take that trip because I'm going to be honest, you know, at the end of the day, if all she did was spend a little extra money, that is the lighter side as to what could have happened. She could have lost a life, not just the money. So be smart, be smart, and be smart. All right? All right. Well, <sighs> yesterday... We got switch tip number 174. Oh, well, we had the switch with Shantice. Stop aiming to be the GOAT. You know, hey, the GOAT in these days and times mean the greatest of all times. And, you know, I agree with Shantice. Everybody and their mama want to be the GOAT. Every time you turn around, somebody's the GOAT. You know, years ago, that was a rare thing. You know, everybody was not the GOAT. But in the long run, you know, the GOATs are not going to be the uh, the the bigger people in the kingdom. Ah, go read your Bible. All right? You don't want to be the GOAT on the left because you are going to get left for real. All right? Stop trying to be the best of the best of the best. Because most times, if you're trying to be the best of the best of the best, it is not what, you know, what God wants you to be the best of the best of the best at. No. That's you and your agenda. So make sure, you know, you do what you need to do. All righty? All right. Seek God. Seek God. 
and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. All right? All right. Well, 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 today, today, today is Let's Talk About a Tuesday Church Folk Day. Yeah, we're back to a normal Tuesday. We've just spent over a month and some change, almost two months, yeah, scouring through Kingdom Business Season 2. And now that that's over... We are, we're going to have some regular conversation. And unfortunately, I didn't find any exciting news. But as we always have the due time crew, they're always turning things up. So we're hoping that they get to do the same thing today. So go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that. It's due time where Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. We know the cause for some birth defects, but for most, we don't. That's because we think most birth defects are caused by a complex mix of factors. There are some factors that can increase the chance of having a baby with a birth defect. These are called risk factors and include smoking, drinking alcohol, or taking certain street drugs during pregnancy, having certain medical conditions such as obesity or uncontrolled diabetes, taking certain medications such as some acne drugs, having someone in your family with a birth defect, being an older mother, typically over 34 and exposure to some chemicals and viruses during pregnancy. Having one or more of these factors doesn't necessarily mean your baby will have a birth defect. It is important to talk to your doctor about what you can do to improve your chances to have a healthy baby. again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Let's Talk About a Tuesday Church Folk Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are into the week, everybody. How you doing out there? I hope you got your energy up because I'm going to need your help this morning. With this news Just kind of glossing through it And I'm not impressed I'm not impressed I'm not impressed But You know You and the due time crew Always seem to turn it up for me So Hmm Well For those of you who are Toll evaders I thought this was a really interesting 
story that they had in the or report they had in the news this morning because I didn't even realize you could go this far when I was driving man this was not an option so they say a serial toll evader he was using a gadget to hide his license plate yeah. Now, people, I didn't even realize you could really do stuff like that. So this LaQuincy Anderson, they say he owes nearly $20,000 in unpaid tolls and fees. Well, he was pulled over by police because he was trying to zoom past the toll plaza with the license plate concealing device, they say like like uh, 007. Yeah, like James Bond. And I'm like, people really do this? I mean, is it really worth it? So they said he had 292 confirmed unpaid violations that was a total of $5,167 due in tolls and another $14,600 owed in fees. Now, I don't remember being able to accumulate this kind of money. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. So they say he used this gadget that lowers a black cover <laughs> over the car's license plate. They really have this stuff. Or people can really put this on your car. And he's been using this for quite some time. Mm-hmm. So they have him charged with theft of service. Tampering with government document, tampering with a government document, and possession of a burglar tool. Mm-mm-mm. They say he was also hit with tickets for improper display of license plates and failure to produce an insurance card. Now this was all while going over the George Washington Bridge. Yeah. So. They say that uh, last year, they're saying they collected quite a bit of money. They said overall $25 million they collected in toll evasion in 2023, which was 14% higher than 22. But check this out. E.M. Padilla Trucking Corporation, that's based in Weehawken, New Jersey, they say they earned the top spot in unpaid tolls and fees. Are y'all ready? $201,000. $358,000. Yeah. 
They say JRK Express Corp, based in Reading, Pennsylvania, and Do One Do Right Services in Lodi, New Jersey. They say rounded out the top three at $185,141,000, says the Port Authority. And they say there was only one New York-based company, New Generation Transport, located in the Bronx, that cracked the top ten. And they said they couldn't reach any of the companies. Well, yeah, y'all ain't the only ones that probably can't reach them. So they say the police force for the Port Authority issued 5,861 toll evasions-related summonses, including 4,446 summonses for obstructing, missing, or fake license plates. So you thought Port Authority uh, police had nothing to do? Child, please. They stay busy just writing Tickets, Fifth, almost 6,000 tickets for toll evasion. Wow. That's a lot of, that, that's a lot of ticket writing. That is a whole lot of ticket writing. And at the end of the day, is it really worth it? Mm. I don't know, y'all. I don't know if it's really worth it. Mm-mm-mm. What else are we talking about here? I told you I don't have nothing that's, you know, right at home about. Let's see. Mm-mm-mm. Well, here's some good news. Here's some good news. I'm stealing this one from Vivian because it sounds like a wow Wednesday story. Uh, yeah, they said. Now, I don't know how many of you have this issue. I know I do. Unfortunately, they say that the city of New York and a non-profit organization, they are going to team up to wipe out $2 billion in medical debt from 500,000 New Yorkers in this uh, move. Yeah, can you imagine? All these years, you've never heard of anything like this. So they say the New York City officials have decided to help wipe out, you know, some of uh, the debt relief or make a debt relief program in this medical or for this medical department. And this is for city residents who have medical debt that's 5% or more of their annual household income, as well as those with an annual household income that is 400% or lower of the federal poverty line. Now, I ain't claiming I'm at the federal poverty line or anything like that, but I do have some medical bills that they can take care of. Yeah. How do you got medical bills on Social Security? That, that's like dumb. Don't you agree? Yeah, come on. Give me a thumbs up if you agree. 
They say the city is going to invest $18 million over the next three years while working with a medical department, New York-based medical department, to help clean up all this money that people owe. And it makes sense. All right, because, come on, there are other countries that they don't even have to pay. Yeah, they don't have to pay. So here we are, not only are we paying, but we owe. All right, so, I mean, that's some kind of good news. They say up to half a million New Yorkers will see their medical bill debt wiped. And they say that uh, they're going to, here's how they're going to do it. They're going to go directly to providers, hospitals, and commercial debt buyers, and they're going to eliminate the debt from that end. So they say that recipients of this nice gesture, they're going to just find that their their, uh, debt is paid off, and they'll be notified. There's no application process that's gonna you're gonna have to go through. You're not gonna have to apply, you know, or anything like that, which is gonna be great, I say. They say that the medical department that has a personal bankruptcy of over one hundred million Americans. Oh, yeah, 100 million Americans are in medical financial bankruptcy. That is crazy for a company, I'm, I'm sorry, for um, a country like New York City, Chicago, California. Yeah, people are actually coming here. And uh, they're leaning on us. And here we are. We're broke. Mm, 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 mm. No, they just ought to pay the bill. They just ought to pay the bill. No way in the world. So, mm, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So hopefully you'll be on that list and you won't have to worry about it. All right? So don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if you get a uh, a letter in the mail that says, hey, you're debt free of your medical bills. Yeah, they're not going to even pick and choose which bills. Once your name is selected, They're going to wipe them all out. Isn't that good news? I thought that was good news. I thought that was good news. Hmm. All righty. What else are we talking about here? Oh, I got one for you. I got one for you that I think you're going to find really uh, interesting. Wait. 
I want to I want to talk about that one now. Well, before we talk about that one, let's talk about this one. So now you know they've been kicking people out of the um, of the shelters, right? Okay, so I've been saying to myself, I don't know about you, but I've been wondering. Let's talk about this thing. I've been wondering what's going to happen first. What's going to be the first thing that is going to happen that's going to really make this whole kicking the people out of the shelters, you know, what's going to come up first? Well, here we go. They say that since November, they've had thousands of adult migrants who have been waiting outside of the school on East 7th Street and Tompkins Square Park so that they could get a bed in the shelter system because they've been kicked out from, you know, of that 30-day and 60-day stay. Well, they said that it has become extremely, extremely, extremely nasty because these people who've been standing on the line, and I guess these people who have no place to go, There's no place to go to the bathroom. So, they say that that Tompkins Square Park and the neighboring area, they say it has become a filth, I mean, they said unspeakable nastiness. They say they thought they were picking up the cleaners, thought that they were picking up a cup of hot chocolate that turned out to be not-so-hot chocolate. They say that when it was a little warmer, they said it smelled worse than a toilet over in that area. And they said a a not-so-nice toilet at that they say in the past week the volunteers said that they've been spotting cups that's filled with urine around the park's entryway and near that school because that's the school where they're standing in front of they say human sized poop in the tree beds And between parked cars, they say that people would rather pee in the cups rather than on the ground. And they've been leaving them on people's doorstep. Oh, nasty, nasty, nasty. They say that mm, one migrant had no problem. Um, going in the middle of the day on Wednesday, uh, going by a tree, and this is in the broad daylight. They say not only that, but you've got food 
containers and all kinds of trash and litter all over the place. They say it's so bad that a couple of the residents say they don't even walk through the park anymore. Now, this Tompkins Square Park has been, they've been using, you know, the park more often because they've put a lot of work, supposedly, in the park. Now, one of the reasons why this has become such a nasty place is because they, at one point, had three porta potties. But because the porta potties were looking so disgusting and the sanitation people who were um, supposedly cleaning over there, they said they couldn't do it no more. It was just that nasty. It was, and they have a picture. They have a picture of the in, the inside of one of the porta potties. It is horrendous. And they say that they the people refuse to clean them. They were just that bad. Now I'm gonna be honest. I, they show they showed a picture of the three porta potties side by side. Well, the way they look on the outside. I wouldn't even bother to clean them up on the outside. No. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They look nasty even from the outside. Now, they say that mm, they removed the bathrooms. They're not planning on putting them putting them back. And the problem is they put the three porta potties there because they have been under um an eighteen month renovation for the field house in that Tompkins Park. Now can you imagine y'all gonna put in money, thousands of dollars into this um what do you call this thing? This 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 uh field house. That's going to have a bathroom and all of this kind of stuff To do what? Well, that's because they hadn't anticipated that it was going to get like this Now, I'm dying to see what they end up doing Now, they said they were trying to put, like, um, police near there and things like that But mm -hmm, that didn't work either So... They're trying to figure out what's going to happen anyway because with this freezing, freezing weather, oh, these people are still standing outside. And they're like, well, we're going to have some big problems because even one of the migrants said, well, when you want to go to the toilet, sometimes the people tell you no. And that's, they're talking about like the, the intake center. And where are you going to go? This is what he's saying. He's like, well, where are you going to go? You're going to have to go out here. Well, let me, let, 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 let me, let, let me say this. Let me say this. Let's see. Let me, let me tell you that they're saying that this is an African, <laughs> an African man that's saying this. And they're saying that these migrants are mostly South 
I'm sorry, yeah, South American or West African. Now, I'm going to say it. What do you think they're running from? Mm. They ain't running from the best of conditions. They came here, remember now, hoping to get better conditions than what they're facing now. So what do you think they care about we have to go out here? You you make it sound like it's like an alternative. You know, well, we could go here or we could really go here. And the alternative is like another bathroom. Yeah. So, mm, 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 mm. there's nothing they can do because they're talking about that. The mayor's office said that there have been complaints, that there have been a lack of showers and bathrooms. And they're saying, well, you know what, they're lining up. Man, they don't have to. Well, what do you think the people going to do? They're going to stand online hoping to get some type of housing. What do you mean they don't have to? But again, y'all, this is the plan that didn't have a plan. This was a plan that did not have a plan. And this is what's happening now that you've decided to kick the people out. This this is this is just the beginning, remember. This is just the beginning. It's going to be so much worse. And I I can't even imagine this. I can't even imagine where it's going from here. I I, I can't. I can't, I can't, and I can't again. Man, hear these people. This is their place to live. Now, if you're living on... um, on First First Street and Tompkins Park area, you're paying a couple dollars over there. Now, can you imagine you paying that kind of money and, and people leaving urine and stuff on your doorstep? Yo, that is straight crazy. Straight crazy. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. Whoo! I'm glad I don't live near there. And I'm hoping that they don't make their way into our neighborhoods. And I feel bad for those people who live out there. Because nobody cares about them. They don't. No, they don't care. They don't care. <sighs> All right. So here's another dumb, dumb story. So there's a guy... Him and his girlfriend, they have been living in a storage unit. (laughs) They've been living in a storage unit because they say it's much cheaper to live in a storage unit. And they've got the storage unit laid out like a bedroom. You should see it. They've got a dresser. They've got a day bed. They've got it all laid out. And Dum Dum goes and puts it on TikTok. So he takes a tour with his phone on TikTok. 
And he says, I live in a storage unit because it's cheap in comparison to an apartment. And uh, he says, living here is actually really comfortable. I get a lot of things that I need and want to get done here. He says he goes to the bathroom. He says, I can exercise. I can play music anywhere in the unit. And uh, he said it's climate controlled, so it's nice and warm. It's t- it's a 24-hour space. You know, some of these units are 24-hour storage units. And he says, so I can come here anytime I want, stay here as long as I need to. We can take naps if we need to. He's even got a shot where he's showing the girlfriend laying in the bed. Well, what do you think happened? They kicked him out. And now they're living in a tent. <laughs> they're living in a tent in a park. And uh, here's what he says. Mm-mm-mm. They started a GoFundMe asking for a total of $10,000 in charitable donations. And here's what he says. He says, this fund will be instrumental in securing a car and a roof over our heads before the next relocation, ensuring a safe and stable environment for my son to grow and thrive. He has a job, and uh, like cooking or something like that. And your support, no matter the amount, means everything to us. It's not just financial help. It's a lifeline that will aid us in overcoming the challenges of homelessness and creating a better life for our little family. Now, the, the son lives with mother. So I'm trying to figure out what little family he talking about. Now, when I tell you ain't nothing wrong with him, he's got a job. He's walking up and down showing this camera and there's these, this footage of this, this uh, unit inside of the storage place. So you go start a $10,000 GoFundMe asking people for money because you're too stupid to live up in the, 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 the storage unit and shut up. Anybody knows. That if they catch you living in the storage unit, they're going to put you out. They're going to put you out. Because by law, you can't live there. So, uh, this is what he wants. He wants everybody to fund his storage unit living in another place. So, we're supposed to help him get a place to live? Okay, this is nice and interesting. You know... I don't, I don't understand people. If you have TikTok and you want to look at it, it's out there. You can go look at it. I don't have TikTok, so I can't view the video, which I really didn't want to. They have this quick video of him walking through the storage unit that you didn't have to actually um, go to TikTok to do. I don't know what he did with that one. But, yeah, this is how we live in. And we're asking for assistance. Mm. 
<sighs> well, your, your uh, pastors haven't come on, so I'm going to hang out with my girl Shantise, and we're going to talk for a little bit, and we're going to see what she thinks of all of this nonsense. I got a couple other stories, but uh, I'm going to hold off. Good morning, Shantise. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm puzzled. I'm a little puzzled as to what's going on out here. So let's talk a little yeah. bit. Let's talk about some of these stories that I've uh, discussed this morning. So let's talk about the migrants who they've had to remove three porta potties for because it's so nasty that the the parks cleaners and sanitation they don't want to clean it up and I don't know if you've had an opportunity to pull it up but even on the outside they took pictures of the inside of one and pictures of the outside of the three of them you know one by one you know in a row it looks disgusting even from the uh, outside. It's got all kind of graffiti all over the place. And when they show the picture of the inside, it I couldn't even imagine anybody in there trying to clean that up. So they said, you know what, they're going to remove them altogether because they can't even be cleaned properly. Mm. Mm. I, don't, I don't blame them. It. You know, I already have to clean up the park. You know, there's there's some parks that they relatively clean. You know, it's, it's outside, so of course there's always going to be something to pick up. But there are parks that stay relatively clean, and there's other parks that are just dirty for whatever reason. I guess because of the location, the way people keep it. So not only do I have to do that, but now you would me to clean up these portable tools, and I think I just found one, but it's not, no, it's not coming up. Um, you're expecting me to clean this up, and I, I personally, I don't, when I even hear, like, porta potties, my whole attitude just changes, because that's something that, unless someone goes behind every person that uses it, it just seems to get nasty really quick. I don't know what goes on in there. I don't know what everyone's mindset is. Before they go in, like, okay, I'm going to go in. I'm not going to care about amen. I'm not going to care about flush it. I'm not going to care about where the toilet paper goes. I mean, I don't know what be happening. But unless somebody is designated to go in after every use, it just quickly goes left. So now you expect these employees to go in there and clean that? And that just made me think about the experience I had at, at a, um, a facility last week. It was last week? Last week. And it's like, you you can't expect them to be all enthusiastic about doing this. I'm surprised they didn't have it attached to the story that a whole lot of people quit. Because, <laughs> like, clean that up. I guess this ain't the career for me. Goodbye. Mm-mm. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely, and they're not just messing up the porta potties. They are they they using the bathroom openly. Um, in the park, they're going mm. in the plastic cups, 
they're leaving the plastic cups on the um, doorsteps of some people. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, you know, the, 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 uh, they interviewed or they talked to a, a uh, West African man who had been standing on the line waiting and hopefully getting, you know, who was going to get, you know, some type of um, assistance in getting into one of the shelters again because these are all for people who have gone to 30 and 60 days and it's expired. And he says, I quote, let me get this quote together. He says, Mm-mm-mm. when you want to go to the toilet at the reintake center, sometimes people tell you no. You have to go out here. Mm. <laughs> well, they used to yeah. outhouses and things like that. So I don't know oh. what you think. Uh, well, real quick backtracking, because when you were first um, telling the story and you mentioned about the cup on the doorstep, like, wherever you're coming from, there's some level of etiquette, some 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 level. Does that make sense to now urine in this cup? And I'm putting it on your doorstep as if you're checking my urine for a job. I don't understand how <laughs> that. I don't understand how that works because you may not be from here, but it makes sense for you to leave this at someone's door. You know, it's not like they said, oh, we found cups of urine on the curb, in the street, um, sitting outside of a, a dumpster or even outside of, like, a garbage can on, on the corner of the street. On people's doorsteps, it's just, like, certain things, regardless, no matter what language you speak, what country you're from, things still just don't make any sense. I just want to know, at what point did this make, at what point did y'all send out this invisible memo between y'all that said, all right, this one, we just need to go now. Like, I don't, I don't understand how that, and that is, and if these, if the powers that be really don't think that they just truly and royally messed this up and they need to really drop everything and come together and really come up with a plan for this. Because you're really asking for people to get hurt. Imagine someone walking outside their house and they see a migrant walking away from the cup of urine that they just, that they just left on their doorstep. Like, how do you think that's going to work? How many, how many people do you think is going to see that and just get mad and maybe just kick the cup away or dispose of it? Or how many versus how many people do you think are now going to run up on the migrant? And yep. now it's this big altercation. You know, it's just like, forget about what, what people should do. Let, just forget about that right now. Just think about you. Just think about you opening your door and instead of smelling fresh roses or, or flowers, you're smelling pee. When you open your door. Yeah, this is this is really not going to go well at all. Your pastors have joined you. Thank you for getting this ball rolling. Pastor Jeff and Pastor KL are both on the line, and we're talking about this migrant um, problem. You know, now that they have been 
put out of the shelter after exhausting their 30 and 60 day stay. They are now on the line outside this school down near Tompkins um, Park. And in order to relieve themselves, they said even somebody was found a Wednesday morning in mid-afternoon going in between two cars. They've been leaving poop and all that kind of stuff all by the trees uh, open. You know, some of the stuff has been left in plastic cups. Some of the stuff has just been left out where they have really gone. The uh, porta potties that were there, there were three porta potties that have been put there because they've been doing an 18 month, they in the midst of an 18 month renovation of the field house out in Tompkins Park. And they put the porta potties there since they couldn't use the the uh the field house and now they've gotten they've had to get rid of the porta potties because they're so nasty that sanitation and the park keepers will not clean them anymore. Ooh, I say this is just the beginning of the mess that we're going to deal with when it comes to um these migrants being left homeless. I don't know. What say you, Pastor KL? Hey, good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? Good um, morning, good morning. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. First of all, I'm just trying to understand how it is that you would have thought that these migrants would be up and running in 30 or 60 days. Mm-hmm. It, takes some of, it takes some of us who live here, you know, who's been here to find a job you know what I mean, in six months. But you thought in 30 or 60 days they would have found a job, saved up enough money to get their own residence? I just think this is poor planning. You know, and, and all of this, they should have saw this coming. Because there's no way in 30 days, first of all, you have no papers. You know, you know where are you going to find a job at that's going to let you live in New York as, as a decent price? So it, it, it had to come to this. I mean, I, I'm surprised it's not worse than this. Yep, uh-huh. yep, yep. That's what I say. It's just the beginning. This is just the beginning of this um this problem. Just the beginning. Just the beginning of the problem, Pastor K.L. There's no way we're gonna get around this. And and I agree. You know, this is this 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 was this is just the beginning. <laughs> Pastor Jeff, good morning. Good morning. What say you in all of this shenanigans? This thirty to sixty you days. This is what's said. happening. <laughs> you already know what I said. I mean, poor planning. They don't have a plan. There is no plan. There's it, not nothing they. You know, nothing, nothing they're going to do is going to work other than stop them from keep coming in. Stop making this a sanctuary city because you can't be a sanctuary city because you don't have the capabilities of making it a sanctuary. You know? I mean, yep. nothing they can do is going to work. It's a complete failure. It's going to be a failure. And, you know, I'm, <laughs> you know, I don't agree with a lot of stuff that Republicans do. But on this on this note, I'm, I, I lean towards how they feel about the situation. 
because you just can't yeah. keep you can't keep taking care of everybody else and then expect to take care of ourselves. But no more. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You know, speaking of which, you know, last week we talked about um, Michelle Obama actually, you know, hopping on the presidency race. And that's one of the things that people are talking about. They're saying that this migrant problem is really from the Democrat um, side. You know, if the Republicans had their way, none of this would be the way it is, that the Democrats are, they, their hearts are too big, they have different plans, and they allow people to be lazy in America. And Pastor Jeff, do you agree overall that they, the Democrats allow people to be lazy in America? I believe they're trying to, a lot of Democrats are trying to make this a, a social, what do you call it, a socialist, <laughs> you know, environment and, and, and have us all dependent totally on the government, you know, and them controlling everything, knowing everything and running everything. <laughs> so, yes, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I agree with a lot of that. Like I said, I, I don't vote Republican. I'm I'm independent, in fact, and I you know and I'm voting right and wrong. And they totally got this wrong. They got it wrong. They just you know. <laughs> and then you know me with the with the reparations and all that. You haven't even squared us off for 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 the stuff you've done to us, and you up there feeding the world. I mean, it just can't work. It won't work. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Pastor KL, do you think that the Democrats are the reason why, um, you know, the country is the way it is? Well, I mean, I I, kind of wouldn't say that. I I don't really follow politics to the the T like that. But um, (laughs) what I do know is that Trump wasn't a Democrat, and he destroyed this, this world. So, I mean, it definitely couldn't have been the Democrats that, that, that had the problems. Now, if, the Demo- if they're saying that the Demo- Democrats are the ones who invited these migrants, well, shame on them. You know, they need to be slapped on, on the wrist or something. But, I mean, a- a- after what we've experienced with Trump, surely Democrats had nothing to do with that. All righty, all righty. And last thing, uh, lastly, Shantice. You know, do you, because they've always said that, you know, the Democrats have the bleeding hearts, and if it weren't for them, the country, you know, more people would be working, and there wouldn't be any welfare, and all of this kind of stuff, and the Republicans need to be the ones to take over, because their bleeding hearts are going to drain us dry. Would you agree? that I was just able to pull up. <laughs> yeah, because whoever's responsible for this needs to go. <laughs> this is atrocious. If it, I, I was thinking, like, Pastor KL, you know, I don't follow politics at all. You know, if I just hear, like, you know, we hear about the different decisions that um, Mayor Adams has, um, you know, taken and, 
you know, this, that, and third, and whoever the president is and governor. I don't really follow. But if the Democrats are the ones who says, okay, let's bring them in because – but, again, see, it, it was all a, a, an angle to this. So no one, whether it was the Republican side or the Democratic side that said let's bring them in, it wasn't because of no big heart. It was because you saw a way to profit off of them. And I just want to know who's profiting. Y'all need to Google this picture because there ain't nobody profiting off of this. So whoever decided this needs to be ashamed of themselves and they need to reevaluate whatever role they play and how much say they have because this is <laughs> getting worse is not even the proper phrase. I don't even know what to use. But whoever made the choice to um, bring them in, it, it had everything to do with how it was benefiting them. And these situations continue to confirm that, that it had nothing to do with helping them out, helping the migrants out. Okay, okay. Well, I got a story for you three and our listeners. And I was like, okay. So there's been this issue. Now, we know that they say it's the Texas governor who is the one who is responsible for sending all the migrants north, east, south, and west, right, here in in the United States, because they've been coming over there, and as they get them there, they've been shipping them off. Well, I don't know what he going to do now, because they had a vote by the Supreme Court on Monday, because they've had this huge issue, because he installed a a razor wire 30 miles long to keep the migrants from coming over illegally. And what was happening was they they were cutting (laughs) the, um, they had some, 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 uh, uh, border Patrol agents from the United States government who were cutting the wire and letting the people in. So he's been fighting because what what was happening was when they were cutting them, cutting the wire, they were letting them in by the busloads. So they took this vote with the Supreme Court and they had a five split and ended up deciding that it was illegal that it was illegal to have the razor wire installed along the United States Mexico border to keep these people from entering the United States illegally. So they said, I'm going to give you the ones who voted. They actually itemized them. I want to tell you who was who. Wait. All right. They say Chief Justice John Roberts, Amy Coney Barrett, 
Katon J. Brown, John Jackson, I'm sorry, Elena Kagan, and Sonia Sotomayor, they voted with the administration to take the raises down. Justices Samuel Alito, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Clarence Thomas voted with Texas to keep it up, and five to four, they lost. The tech, the ones who voted to keep the wire up lost. And they feel that the wires impede the migrants <laughs> from crossing the river and coming in to the country and they were looking at the fact that these people are forcing themselves to come across and they were hurting themselves being cut all up I'm kind of speechless now here here are our Supreme Court justices it got that high up on the voting poll, totem poll, and this is how they voted. What say you, Pastor Jeff, about this vote and who won? Well, <laughs> you already know where I come down on that. I, you know, I, you know, it really was. The, Democrats against the Republicans right there on that Supreme Court. <laughs> um I uh I agree with the with the wire. I mean, why we got an open door for you to come through. You 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 come through here, there should be some checks, you know, and I and I let you in. I decided to let you in. Not that you get on you know, you just can come on in here legally and now you got rights and you got this and you got that. So you know what say I? That's exactly how it's gonna go. You got, you know, the Democrats on, 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 you know, and I guess they got a couple of Republicans to agree with them, right? In order to pull that off. But you know, I'm on that on on that point. I'm on the side of the ones that you know wanted to keep that wire up. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You got to come up with something to to, to try to stop the the flow. You know, well, you know, mm-hmm. at least he's doing something, <laughs> and I don't blame him for shipping the people off to New York and every place else. Because he's like, yeah, these people want to be sanctuary cities. Yeah, let let them have the problem. You know, if I was the governor too, mm-hmm. I ship mm-hmm. once they in, I ship them off to all all the sanctuary cities, all the bleeding hearts. Yeah, now you kind of hear a different side to this whole thing. They say that he authorized the wire, one of the series of aggressive uh, measures, he said, to curb illegal crossings from Mexico. He said the absence of the razor wire and other deterrents encourages migrants to risk unsafe crossings, and it makes the, the job of the Border Patrol personnel difficult Pastor KL now do you see why he's shipping the people off 
Yeah, I mean, first of all, let, let, let's say this. So, we are against you know, putting the barbed wire because it's illegal. But, but yet, we're for helping people coming across illegally. That makes no sense to me at all. So, so, so we're going to help them be wrong. So why 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 not let the drug dealers sell drugs? You know why 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 not why not because the way the way you handle us, even if we have drugs, is illegally. You know you stop and frisk for no reason, then you might find something, or when you find something, you put us in chokeholds and all that other stuff. So you trying to stop crime by doing crime. And here, we're trying to keep the riffraff out, but it's illegal if they get hurt. Well, if you take that chance to, to, to come through, if you're that desperate, then, hey, that's the sacrifice you make. You won't get hurt. That's not mm-hmm. on us. If I got a sign outside of my house that says, beware of dog, and you decide anyway that you want what's in my house, then whatever you get, you get. You want to send me to jail because my dog bit you? Really? I so much. So much. All right, Shanties. What's your? Vote? I agree. I don't. I don't see the. <laughs> I don't see what the whole, oh, my goodness, we have to do something about this. I don't I don't understand where that came from. I've, it was put up for a reason. It was put up. So then cut the barbed wire off from the prisons and let the inmates try to Ah, stop like, it, because that's where my head went. Stop I, it, because like, I sure enough said the same I thing. I don't understand. It was put up. This was the reason why it was put up. Then go to the Bronx Zoo and, and free, stand there and let all the cages open and say, be free. Because just in case they try to squeeze through the through, through the bars, just in case the lions try to jump over the fence, we don't want them to, to scratch their paw on something. Again, because there's something in it for you. If we let them come over, how are you regulating anything if it's just a welcome to our land type of thing? How, are you, how is there any type of control? If people are just coming over and the ones, okay, so you're letting them come over. Is your doorstep one of the doorsteps that the P is found on? Do you live next to this porta potty picture? And these are the ones who are making these ridiculous decisions. They're not the ones who directly have to live with the results of these decisions. That It just makes absolutely no sense to me. I thought the same thing. I was like, okay, well, why don't you let, why don't you let the people out who are prisoners? I thought the same thing. I was like, well, just let everybody out. What's the big deal? What is the big deal? Let everybody out. Let everybody free. And what's the point of doing anything? What is the point of doing anything? Here's my bigger question. Here's my bigger question. So what would be okay? What would be okay? 
clearly he got to the point of putting the the razor wire because hey they were getting past all of the other things that they were put that they had put up so he got to the point of saying you know what hey i'm going to you know do this as a measure to help keep these people out because we need to keep them out. When did it become a, a, a country where you could just come on in? I don't get it. I uh-huh. don't understand. When did it become a country where it was fine to just let yourself in? So my thing was I'm looking and I'm culling through this article trying to figure out then what, 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 what do we do? What what does he do? He's finding that the U.S.-Mexico border is constantly being pushed by. They can get through. So what do you what do you what do you tell him to do? And I don't see none of that in the article. Y'all have told him to take it down, cut it down, and then what? 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 Then what? I don't get it. Now I don't know if the rest of you. I read this list for a reason. Chief Justices John Roberts, Amy Coney Barrett, Katanje, I don't know how you pronounce the name, but I'm just saying it, Katanje Brown-Jackson, Elena Kagan, and Sonia Sotomayor. Now, y'all voted yes. Sonia Sotomayor is from the Bronx. I don't know if y'all remember her ever being voted in um, to the Supreme Court, but I remember it was a huge deal because she was a homegirl from the Bronx. Okay. She letting her people in? Is that what's happening? Because <laughs> that's where my head went. That's where my head went. Katanje Brown, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? This you, Y'all people born here, y'all don't see what's going on when we are being invaded? I don't get it. I don't get I was looking at the names, and I'm like, mm, okay. Okay, who's voting? What's your secret agenda? What's your agenda? Because I don't see anywhere where a person outside of this country has rights. And and that's what they, they these five have said. That someone, somehow or another their rights um, are being smashed because they should be allowed to come across with no problem. That That's ultimately what you're saying. So I don't know. I don't know, y'all. After after reading the first, you know, the earlier story about the the porta potties having to be gone, I agree a hundred percent. We've been saying this from the beginning. You got thirty to sixty days to do what? You have no papers. You have probably have no education. You have, you know, you you're willing to work, but it's not a, you know, I mean, how many, um. How many, you know, hands can you have, you know, that build things and stuff like that? What you expect for these people to do 30 to 60 days? What did you expect for them to come here and do? We can't do things in 30 to 60 days. What do you expect for these people to get off a boat, off a plane, out of a bus, off a bus, to come here and do in 30 to 60 days? So, you know what? I hate to say it this way, but I'm with Pastor Jeff. Listen, I tried to keep them out of my country. You now have said, I can't, so guess what I'm doing? I'm sending them, shipping them off to 
and I hate to say it because I'm in New York, and and I don't want to see these people here. I don't want to hear all these crazy stories. But guess what? Oh well, that that's what I'm gonna do. I, I'm gonna do whatever I need to do. All righty, off to a different type of conversation. So you've got this new movie out that was released over the weekend called The Book of Clarence. <laughs> and I came, I stumbled across something yesterday. Now, I've been to the movies very recently, and I did see a clip, you know, one of the, uh, and I've seen it a few times, um, the uh, preview of this movie, The Book of Clarence. Now, it stars Lakeith Stanfield. I've seen him once or twice. And he plays Clarence, who is a debt-written, down-on-his-luck man in A.D. 33, Jerusalem, who attempts to capitalize on the rise of Jesus Christ by presenting himself as a new Messiah who has been sent to earth by God. Now I'm going to read you a little bit more because I, I, I want you to get it a, little, a better understanding. It's a satire, and mm, they say the film's opening scene in which Clarence, who owes money to a loan shark named Jebediah, the terrible loses a chariot race with Mary Magdalene. After losing the race and badly needed prize money, the victory in race in the race would have brought him Clarence, a voracious marijuana smoker, develops the idea of becoming a fake messiah to pay his debt and start a life of glory. So that's the basis of this movie. Hmm. Now, they said that they had its projection of how much this this movie should have made. They say that over the four-day Martin, Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday weekend, it was released because they thought that it would be a good idea to put it out there um with this on this particular holiday weekend and uh I wanted to know mm-mm-mm. what you thought of the premise of the movie Pastor Jeff Well, I went to see the movie and oh, you did? At first? No, don't, no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Then you can't answer yet. You can't answer. You can't answer. You can't answer yet. Okay. You can't answer yet. I'm coming back because I didn't know you went to see it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Pastor KL, what do you think of the premise of the movie? Well, from what you said, it sounds like how to become a preacher. Some of these preachers okay. are just in it for, 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 the, for the money. You okay. Know, so, I mean, that that that's what it sounds like to me, you know, a corrupted preacher in the pulpit. That, that's what okay. it kind of sounds to me. Okay, Shantees, what do you think of the premise of the movie? 
when are we going to rise as a people? There was no weed back then. If y'all don't understand how the, the enemies is pushing this weed stuff and y'all just fall in, I was actually going to go see the movie yesterday and God sent word to me, do not go support it, do not go see it. And when I went and Googled, because I did see the um, the preview also. No, 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 no. You're not answering the question. You're not answering the question. I think I, I, think, I, I think it's I think it's stupid. I think it's stupid to now have um, this whole concept of you trying to get over with utilizing a Jesus thing and implementing we. Any in any form, I, I I just think it's pointless. Okay, okay, okay. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to you so you can, you know, further your expression. All right, Pastor Jeff, you say you went to see it. What were you going to say? Uh, when I saw the preview, I said I am not seeing this movie making a mockery of Jesus like that and in the whole story of the Bible. And then I decided, you know what, let me go see it. And I actually uh, liked it. I think it preached a good message. And you'll be surprised that it actually, you know, preached a message like that. They, you know, they used that whole thing, got you in there, got your attention. And then, you know, even though, it does, you know, it, it, you don't take the message. It wasn't a biblical message. He wasn't a real person. But... They used all of that and preached the gospel through that movie and showed love and forgiveness and, and, and change. And any man being Christ is a new creature. I mean, I don't want to give the movie away to y'all, but it yeah, actually preached the gospel. And I was proud of it because those are the type of movies that I want to make because I, I plan to build a, a studio and, and, and start putting out, you know, movies like that. I liked it. I, I, I appreciated it. Somebody came with something far-fetched and, and got people's attention and, and preached a, a, a real message. Okay, okay, so okay. Okay. okay, interesting, interesting, interesting. Okay. Uh, Shantice, what were you going to say? I was actually going to go see the movie yesterday, and God sent word not to support it. And after reading the synopsis, I didn't read the part about the, the weed. Um, <laughs> but after reading the synopsis of um, you pretending to be to be the Messiah to pretty much get over on, um, you know, whatever your personal life issues were, I was like, okay, God, now I see why you're saying that. And then like an hour later, I was like, God, I could see you possibly having us on the show maybe once it streams, because it'll probably be streaming somewhere next uh, in about three days, because that's how the movies are going now. Um where we're not paying to support it, because um, I do understand why um, <laughs> they have made it like a don't pay to support, but because of like how God has us analyzing like the kingdom business show and some of the songs and like that, I can see God possibly saying, okay, watch this to now share how I feel about this. But I, I, I think, I think people have to be really careful about what um because like pastor jeff i thought the same thing and it wasn't someone asked me it was like oh well you know come see with me and i was like eh okay but initially that that was my first thought too like i thought it was going to be a movie 
like them depicting that story of Jesus, but the black version. So at first I was like, oh, that's dope. Okay. And then when I kind of saw like how it was like the, the, the title itself first just kind of threw me. Cause again, we got to be careful about the, the book of Clarence, the book. We have to stop inserting <laughs> ourselves in certain ways with God's word. Got to be real careful with that. All righty. Well, I want to give some stats over here. So they say that it was a major box office flop. They say earning only around $4.7 million worldwide. They say the production cost of it was $40 million. And they are... They thought that it would gross at least seven million, but they say that the book of Clarence has not become not just a box office failure, but also one of the biggest box office flops in recent history. They say that it's directed and written by James Samuel. Um, was co-produced by Jay-Z, and mm. they say that they they see that the people have stayed away from it in droves. And they give some other comparative, um, comparative, uh, Information. They say following the four-day weekend, the Book of Clarence fell out of the top ten entirely at the domestic box office and entered its second weekend of domestic release in 12th place. In its second weekend of release, the Book of Clarence, which has yet to be released overseas, finished in 13th position with a gross of approximately $1.1 million a drop of 57% from its opening weekend. The Book of Clarence, which carries a production cost of $40 million, has a current domestic and worldwide box office total of approximately $4.7 million. Now, they say that it lacks mass appeal. Um, and that's interesting. That's interesting. Compare it, you know, considering what people are really kind of going to the movies for. Um, you know, I didn't go see it because it just didn't look interesting to me. Um, I didn't even look at the fact that it was a satire of, you know, of Jesus and and because I never looked at the the uh, description. I, I didn't have anything to actually compare it to. Or any expectation. I, I, Just my couple. Go ahead. Were you going to say, Pastor like, Jeff? I would like to get my thoughts on it. Okay. Hello. Yes. Um. Why? Why it was a flop? It, okay. It first of all it was a flop because Jay Z, with his demonic self, was behind oh, I forgot it. About Jay Z. Wait. I forgot about Jay Z's. <laughs> people. Go ahead, people. Jeff. People knew that, and. They had everybody black, which is not an appeal 
you know, to the world, you know, to come see okay, it. Okay, okay. And Jesus black, Mary Magdalene black, everybody's black, okay? Okay. And so, and then it was confusing. Book of Clarence almost mm. sounds like one of the lost books of the Bible, okay? Mm. And, and then you had him, you know, the way, the trailer they put out, they put it out as if he, it was going to be a mockery of Jesus. So I, I was going to stay away because of that. The only reason okay. why I went to see it is because, you know, at Regal, I pay every month to see unlimited movies, and I happened to be there, and that was oh, one of the okay. third, three movies I saw that day. I was like, all right, let me go see this one, okay? Okay. But I was pleasantly surprised, and if they would have put a different name and and maybe used and really put the message that they were actually out there trying to to put out there, I guess, it might have done better, but I, I would, you know, I was going to stay away. So a lot of people probably stayed away for the same reason why I wasn't going to see it. But because I okay. paid to see unlimited movies, I, it wasn't going to cost me no more to see it. So I would. Right. Okay. Okay. But it, Interesting. It act, I'm shocked that Jay-Z would preach a message like that. Okay. I'm shocked because I, you know, him, I think he's, I think he's demonic. Okay, wow, wow, wow Okay Well, I wanted to read this uh, comparison to And I can't find it now, of course Oh gosh, oh, okay Okay, I think I found I think I found this here And I wanted to talk about this here they say faith-based audiences showed real strength at the box office in 23 when the faith-based community galvanized around the Christian drama film Jesus Revolution, especially the thriller Sound of Freedom, which grossed approximately $250 million at the worldwide box office. However, as the success of Jesus Revolution and Sound of Freedom proves that faith-based Audiences will gravitate toward films that establish a direct connection with the faith-based community and especially its values. The Book of Clarence, which has seen its stars speak out to those offended by the film, has seemingly alienated this group through its decidedly unconventional approach to the well-defined biblical film genre. So... Pastor Jeff, and I know Pastor K, Pastor K, I know you're making no sense for me to ask you because I know you didn't go to the movies to see Sound of Freedom. But, Pastor Jeff, did you see Sound of Freedom? No, I didn't. Whoa, you got the three <laughs> movies to watch, Pastor Jeff, and you didn't go see Sound of Freedom? No, I'm I didn't. A brick, I'm throwing a brick through the phone. Oh, my, 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 Pastor Jeff. It, it, uh, Shantice, we went to see Sound of Freedom. What did you think? The movie was great. Um, the message behind the movie, um, it was based on a true story. But they, the message, even um, Christian faith-based-wise, was really amazing. And, of course, there were a lot of powers that be that was trying to interfere with the movie being able to be played in the theaters because they understood the message and how it would, as they say in the streets, it would get people woke. 
Um, but in comparison with that and like the I, I didn't I've never heard of the the revolution one that you just mentioned. Yeah, me either. But Jesus Revolution. It, it, yeah, I never heard of that. But in comparison to the Sounds of Freedom and the the Book of Clarence and um kind of going off of what Pastor Jeff said as far as like his initial reasons as to why he didn't go see it and that's possibly the reason why a lot of other people didn't go see it. Again, because those who are of God and in Christ and who understand what's being presented now that is whether you would be the one who is led astray or not, you everyone has to be on their discerning game heavy. And the verse that says do not add or take away has been in my head since yesterday, since God sent word for me not to go to, to watch it. And I think that's the biggest difference between a movie like Sounds of Freedom and the Book of Clarence. Sounds of Freedom had nothing to do with adding or necessarily taking away from the Bible, but it had a very powerful Christian message. When we now start to mess with even the title of that movie, that we were adding, you know, when you got the, the book, and just like Pastor Jeff said, that's one of the reasons why I stayed away from going to that Brooklyn library to see Jay-Z's um, exhibit or whatever, because it's like the Book of Hope or all that. See, when you start to now implement yourself into verbiage that should only be kept with the Bible, you got to be real careful and pay attention to these things because this is one of the ways that it now helps to get you caught up in, in certain ways. Or even, again, if you're not the one who's really getting caught up, you still got to be careful but I think that's like the the biggest difference is when you have a Christian movie and it just has a powerful Christian message versus when you now start to finagle with things that were actually biblical okay Pastor Kale I want to ask you you know so you've heard you've heard the what the preview appeared to be like even to the point where Pastor Jeff said he himself wasn't going to see it but then heard what Pastor Jeff ended up saying is actually, you know, in the movie, a movie of love, forgiveness, blah, 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 which is something that we actually need to be putting out there. How important do you feel it's, it is that even your preview comes across, you know, providing what the movie is going to ultimately represent? I, I think it's very, very important. I mean, I, I look at it from a whole other standpoint where if I cook you a dinner and and I cook very, very well, but I present it to you on a garbage can, you know, the, though the food might be good, you're not even going to attempt to try it because of the presentation. You know, if it's not presented correctly, you know, there's no reason to go any further. You know, a lot of people read books because of what the cover looks like. You know what I mean? And if it's not, you know, presentable to you, you know, I, I, I don't want to read what, what the content is. You know, th- though the food might might be edible and it might be really, really tasty, if it's on a garbage can, it represents wrong. Yeah, I, my, you know, after hearing what Pastor Jeff said, that the movie actually, you know, showcased, and it's something that we definitely need to see, period. I think you missed the mark then. You missed the mark on mm-hmm. your preview. 
Because I told you, I saw the preview a couple of times, and neither time did I even consider saying, oh, you know what, I, I, I think I'll try that, try that out, even if it were free, like Pastor Jeff. That still didn't, it, it wouldn't have gotten me to even look at it. I would have sooner gone home than to sit up and watch a third movie. <laughs> even if somebody said, Pastor Steph, we're going to buy you another box of popcorn. Now, anybody that knows Pastor Steph and been to the movies knows I don't go to the movie for the movie. I go to the movie for the popcorn. So my thing is, then you seriously missed the mark. Now, here's the interesting part. The fact that it was... Um, executive produced by Jay-Z may be a reason why the the, the preview missed the mark. Pastor Jeff, does that make any sense? Yes, it makes sense because he has no understanding of, mm-hmm. you know, spiritual things and, 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 and the mindset of of, of the, the group that he, want, he wanted to come spend their money to, you know, to see his movie. He doesn't mm-hmm. have an understanding of the church. And of folks that, you know, are serving Christ. So, yeah, he, he missed it because, like I said, it, it, it seemed like something that was actually going to be demonic. I just said, let me see it. And then I was like, wow. <laughs> he took me for a loop. I'm like, you know, I, I don't even, I, I still can't believe he, 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 he backed it because he always seemed like he preaching against Jesus. He's saying he's Jesus, you know. Mm. Who else went to the movies with you? Did you go alone? Oh yeah, I went by myself. Oh okay, okay. I, could, I, 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 could, I couldn't get my wife. To, I couldn't get my wife to see that. Oh, <laughs> so she refused. Now everybody knows if you listen. Everybody remembers. I'm Minister Nicole from our Wow Wednesday lineup. So she she refused to go see it, Pastor Jeff. Well, she refused. It was like ah, I don't want to see that. You know, so okay. You know, she it, it wasn't like like I was like, come on, baby, go with me. She would have went, but okay. I don't force her because usually I I'll go I go watch all the movies by myself. It's my date okay. night with myself. You know? <laughs> I'm with you, Pastor Jeff. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Whether you go or not, I'm going. All right, all right. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, Pastor KL, do you think the fact that Jay-Z, being the executive producer, you know, his lifestyle, quote-unquote, is the reason why the preview could have missed the mark of what ultimately the movie represented? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he he, he has no clue on, on, you know, spiritual boundaries. Not not only that, you have no clue on on spiritual people. Because anybody knows, if you go to any restaurant on a Sunday, black folks are coming to eat. And they understand that. So, so I mean, we, we, we make up a, a good majority of your business if you present it correctly. But if you don't present it correctly, Christian folks ain't coming. We, we don't even want to be a part of that. Okay, okay. And Shantice? Well, it explains the title. And it definitely <laughs> explains. Um, it does, because it's like the Book of Hove, the Book of Clarence. You know, it explains. And I agree with the pastors. You know, you don't have any type of... It's like that's why when people have movies, the directors will pull in consultants and stuff, because they need people 
who've actually lived in the era of the movie that they're, you know, making or lived through those experiences or whatever. But if now you're sitting at the top because you're funding this and you have a high level of um, control when it comes to the um, directing the creativity, you know, as to the direction of the movie, then, yeah, it makes a lot of sense as to why there's weed in the Jesus movie. Like, no one who, if you had a staff full of Christians and you introduced that, the whole boardroom would most likely look at you like you're crazy. Especially first-day Christians. You know, look at you like you're crazy. You know, but because this is just like, almost like just another movie, but we're just going to tap into this genre. Now that's why it was presented the way it was presented. Right. Well, we don't know. We might be reviewing the book of Clarence here on its due time with Pastor Steph. I don't know. Um, we'll can see. I, can I can I say something real quick? Sure. Hello. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sure. That <laughs> years years ago there was a um, you remember you remember Fubu right the Fubu, yes. the Fubu mm-hmm. guys right right um, you know my brothers one and owners they. They, you know, they were, they tried to put on a gospel concert with Hezekiah Walker and all of them and Yolanda Adams to make some money. It was about them making money. And okay. I decided to go to the concert. Hezekiah didn't show up because he boycotted it because wow. he was like these street, these street hustlers trying to come into the church to make this money, right? Wow. And a lot of people boycotted it till so they had to call me from the crowd to MC and introduce Yolanda Adams because I was the only preacher there wow. <laughs> in the audience. And 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 I, I still tease them to this day because their whole focus was making that money and not mm-hmm. trying to further the gospel. And they trying mm-hmm. to come in, you know, to try to make this gospel money. But you, wow. you know, you from the street. And wow. that's the same thing with this movie. That's the same through this movie. That's what Jay Z wow. doing. He's trying to grab that money, right? Mm-hmm. But we got mm-hmm. no respect for him. We wow. Got no respect for the man. You know what I'm saying? In our community. Wow. Interesting. Interesting um, story. Actually, I never heard. I never heard about that before. Never heard about that before. So Yolanda Adams. Well, who else was on the lineup? Um, Pastor Jeff. Well, I remember Hez, Hez and, and Yolanda. Hez didn't show up. Yolanda did because she getting up. She was going. She wasn't going to miss her paycheck. They were paying her. <laughs> but but I had to take Hez's place in introducing Yolanda and emceeing the whole concert for them. Wow! Because nobody would. Wow! How was how well was it attended? You said what? What was it intended? No, how well was it attended? How many people showed up? Oh, it wasn't. It did not not that many people showed up. You know, wow. Because it was Fubu putting it on. Wow, wow, interesting, 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 interesting. What? Okay, so when you said to them, "Yo, y'all was just in it for the money," blah blah blah. blah what were the responses? Well, it was no response because I I knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing, so they, they was like, well, we won't never mess with this again. 
You know, wow. one like they okay. get saved and and, 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 and really get their life to the Lord. Let's do this. <laughs> interesting, very, very interesting. Huh? Well, thank you for sharing that with us because I didn't, I had no idea that that even happened. And it's a, it's a nice analogy, uh, Pastor Jeff. Like you said, to the point that's being made, you know, when we're trying to, you know, just grab people's money and we're talking about this Christian genre, it's not going to have the, you know, the appeal is not going to have the success that, you know, others would have for the right reason. And, you know, I don't know how many people did go see The Sound of Freedom um, I actually saw it. It did come up this month. I think it's on Prime. I'm not sure because we got a, a hundred yeah. of these yeah. channels, but I did see it come up, and I think it was on Prime. And it, yes. it stars the same individual, the same man uh, who played Jesus in the the movie um, Passion for Christ. Passion of Christ. Yeah, Passion of Christ. I'm sorry. It, it's the same the same gentleman who starred. As Jesus in that movie, he starred in uh, Sound of Freedom. And, again, you know, it is something that was very moving. It was a very moving movie. Very good and very well done. Um, Very well done. Point point well, well taken. Um, There was a triumph at the end of the movie. And... uh, I'm glad that it did work well, but again, the intent makes the difference. So, you know, thank you so much, um, my due time crew, for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh boy. Interesting conversation. Actually had no clue again of, you know, the the concert thing, but I tell you, it's amazing. It's amazing what God will show and what he how he's gonna show himself. Okay. Uh I just got a scripture set, but I need to I need the text please. It says to those who are perishing we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. And who is adequate for such a task as this? You see, we are not like the many hucksters who preach for personal profit. We preach the word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing what God is, that God is watching us. Amen. Second Corinthians 2.17. Nice scripture. Nice scripture to go along with this particular conversation. And we're going to take this opportunity right now to go before the Lord and uh, hold hands and hold hearts. Dear gracious, most eternal Heavenly Father, God, we come before you and we thank you for just allowing us to be a part of your day. We thank you, God, for this being the beginning of our day, that we could have such important conversations, conversations that make us aware 
of our behavior, aware of our mindset, caution us against certain behaviors and mindsets and give guidance as to the way we need to look at things, the way we need to behave, the way we need to speak, where our hearts need to be, dear Heavenly Father, where our spirits need to be and how they need to connect, God, and we thank you. We thank you for just this tidbit today. You know, we some of us wouldn't even think of things like this, dear Heavenly Father. But, God, we thank you for the introduction. We thank you for the investment, dear Heavenly Father. We thank you for loving us so much that this is the first thing you give to us in the morning. We don't even have time to go looking through Facebook or Instagram or you know, Twitter and all of these social media sites, when you have such perfect word for us in the morning, such powerful thoughts in the morning, such powerful points in the moment, in the morning, we thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for for the experiences that we don't hesitate to share that would help to touch one, I mean, one another, dear Heavenly Father. You know, just as we even get on here to minister, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for being ministered to, as I always say, that it's not just about giving, but it's also about receiving. And we ask you, dear Heavenly Father, that you bless each and every one that tunes in each and every day to listen to its due time with Pastor Steph, that you consistently prepare those of us who get up to give your word. So that we can be a blessing to all of those who do hear, even if they don't hear us as we're speaking, even for those who listen afterwards, even for those who would be introduced to this uh, broadcast a year from now. We're grateful. We're grateful for just being a part of the process, thanking you for giving us an opportunity to minister to others to witness to others. And we're grateful to Heavenly Father to be used, just to be selected, just to be selected. God, we ask that you bless each and every one's day as we move forward. God, we ask you to protect us, keep us safe, keep us in your arc of safety, your barrier of protection, God that you keep a fresh word and a fresh anointing in and over our lives. And we look forward, to Heavenly Father, to coming back and doing this one more time as you spare our life. We give you the glory and the honor, so rightly do your name, God. We pray that those who are instrumental in bringing these movies and music before us and to us, to Heavenly Father, that they would... Be on the right track. Be on your path. Have the right frame of mind. Have the right intention so that whatever they do would be blessed. In the name of Jesus, we come to you. Amen. Mm-mm-mm. You know, I, uh, I, as, as we were talking, I think about the fact that Again, you know, there was a, a an option not to even see it. I wasn't given the word, don't go. Um, but 
just even not even considering seeing it, only to find out that there is something actually behind it and and how how many people need to see that? How many people need to see that message? And again, if you don't have the right frame of mind and the right intent, you know, how many people are actually going to miss the opportunity to see you know, how important that these messages are about forgiveness and love and and so forth and so on. And, you know, we really need to take the time. We really need to take the time to make sure we, whatever we put our money to, it's to the glory of God. Whatever we put our thought to, is to the glory of God, and the Bible tells us that. Whatever we do, make sure we do it to the glory of God so that it would have God's blessing on it. You don't want to be working and working and working and spinning your wheels like a little hamster and, you know, nothing actually happens. You don't want to be spinning your wheels and working, 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 and nothing happens. Because God is not in it, especially those of us who are supposedly living in the Lord. We want to make sure that whatever we do, we pray about first. Make sure you take that concept to God. If you don't know God to have given it to you directly and saying, okay, this is what I have for you, this is what I want you to do, because sometimes it'll be given to you like that. Make sure that whatever you do has God's blessing on it, because you don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste somebody else's time. You don't want to waste, you know, your money. And, you know, it's funny, I've been having this conversation with a person um, recently, and I said to the person, I said, let me tell you something, you've given your life to the Lord. You don't want to look back one day and ask, what was I doing? Because enough of us, definitely, definitely, we have that experience. Like, where, what, what was I thinking? Who was I spending my time? Who did I waste my time around? You don't want to do that. And, we, and we're not saying that your days will be perfect. Every day will be perfect. That's not the issue. That's not the point we're trying to, to, to bring. But what, you know, we're trying to make sure you understand is that everything you do really needs to be stamped by God in order for you to give God the glory out of it. You know, once you say, I give my life to the Lord, then everything you do needs to be about God's glory. You need to give God's glory. You need, that's your way of ministering. That's your way of witnessing. That's what will draw people close to God. That's what will draw people to God. That's what will strengthen your relationship with God. So you don't want to be in no nonsense like that, where you're just doing things and then it becomes a flop. No. No. Mm-mm. See God first. See God in everything you do, and all these things shall be added unto you. You'll get the money. You'll get the fame if that's what God has. You'll get the notice and the notoriety if that's what God wants you to have. He'll give it all to you. Okay? All righty. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. 
as you go through your day. Be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Step signing up, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us. Please do not miss this opportunity to strength, to uh, give your life to the Lord right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares where it's Wow Wednesday. Until then, I love you. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.